you guys see the wheels? Uh, the whole wheel de- uh, debacle with the Mac no. Pro. You mean that they don't have locks on them? <laughs> <Yeah>. <gasps> what? So the wheels on the Mac Pro that cost $400. They just slide off? Well, no. They don't have locks to keep them stopped from rolling. Oh my god. And I think they're made out of like stainless steel. So they're not like rubber where they'll like kind of grip. They're they will actually like roll on a smooth surface on their own if there's like a little bit of you know jostling or uneven Apple. floor. Ah. There's a great market opportunity here. You know somebody is gonna like other world computing is gonna sell wheels. And they'll have wheel locks. <laughs> I, I thought you were gonna say they're gonna sell wedges. <laughs> yes you could probably you could probably go down to oh. ace hardware or whatever and get some mac pro wedges those locks were not aesthetically pleasing enough so they had to cut them <laughs> welcome to episode two of insufficiently advanced a podcast about technology and entertainment i'm michael lake i'm timothy bowden and i'm brett eitzen and uh that's your cast of characters and that's all she wrote <laughs> good episode let's call it a wrap i gotta get back to packing my all of my crap up we do need to shorten these so you know maybe if yeah. we had like a five second episode instead of a hour 45 minute episode then we can just when people ask us how long our episodes are we can say well our episodes average like <laughs> an hour minutes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah there you go uh yeah so it's been a couple of weeks um we've got some new information on xbox the coronavirus covid19 is going crazy around the globe and wreaking all sorts of havoc we'll talk about those and see if we still have time to do some more but uh yeah this uh the first sort of at the top would be the new tech details on the xbox series x which to me are very exciting uh timothy i know that agreed yeah i think uh you you were the one who linked this for us in the first place do you have uh do you want to lead us through the the tech stuff and yeah um i'm a big fan i don't think i've mentioned on here before i'm a big fan of digital foundry which is just like a small group of people they do a lot of articles for your euro gamer but they're their own um kind of group and they analyze hardware and basically specs on uh, new hardware coming out and new games coming out. They are the nerds nerds of uh, video game and entertainment hardware and performance. It's kind of awesome. Yeah, kind of. So they basically have they got a hold of what Microsoft put out, which to me, I, I think I even mentioned to Michael that it was just like a marketing piece. Um and then they took it and they sucked all the technical details out of it that were interesting in it. And then I read theirs and I was like, oh, I missed a lot of stuff. And then I don't re- understand half of the stuff that they're talking about. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's a, it, it's a lot of cool information. One of the biggest surprises, because I've been following this for a while, is Microsoft kept throwing around this idea that the Xbox Series X was going to have twice the gaming power of the Xbox one x which famously was six teraflops because that was back in the day when everybody was mentioning teraflops in their stuff became the hot word yeah and the interesting thing about that is 
when they said that it was twice twice the power, everybody was like, oh, well, that's not 12 teraflops because that would be too uh, too expensive and it's not really realistic. You could get twice the the power nowadays because of the way they've made everything more efficient and everything with something like 9 to 10 ter- teraflops. And so it was a surprise to see that Microsoft actually said their new console is actually 12 teraflops so even though they keep saying it's twice the gaming power digital foundry is quick to point out actually it's probably going to be a lot more powerful than that it's going to be like two and a half to three times as powerful as the xbox one x which is good news for everybody that's awesome Um, yeah and and crazy (laughs) and crazy yeah um and it it also brings up the question of is this thing going to be under five hundred dollars that's that's the question right yeah and then and then there were a lot of other features they talked about that were pretty cool um we all know that they're gonna have back compatibility because that's something they've been throwing around since honestly since the xbox one with the when they added 360s back support but when they first brought up the xbox series x they were quick to point out all xbox one games and all games you can play on the xbox one will work on the xbox series x and they went into big detail about it basically saying we want you to if you buy a game you have that game it doesn't matter what xbox you're on if your xbox can play it because it's new enough you you can play it and they even mentioned a feature that um if you buy a microsoft game you will automatically get the version of it for xbox series x so any games that are coming out that microsoft releases before you have a chance to buy an xbox series x if it comes to xbox series x you don't have to rebuy it that's the smart delivery yeah and they and they said it was open to any developers that wanted to open it and cd project red who i'm a big fan of immediately said cyberpunk 2077 is going to support that which is awesome mm-hmm um, I mean, that was actually a big part of the reason I was buying it on PC is because I didn't want to have to buy it right before the new console came out. I'm still going to buy it on PC because I <laughs> gaming PC is too expensive to not not to play not it on use. <laughs> <laughs> you got to justify having that uh, piece of hardware. Exactly. Um, but yeah, that was that was a I, I one of the big reasons I'm sticking with Xbox as my main console is because of stuff like that. Like mm-hmm. they are just completely consumer friendly. And a lot of people are saying it's because they're losing to play to Sony. But honestly, they're still making more money than they've ever made before. Even if they're the second place, I guess third place behind Nintendo too, in consoles. They still make more money than they did at the height of 360 when they were in the lead. And, and their their business model as a corporation is way more than just se- you know selling consoles. Yeah, you know with with the PC uh, side of things, you know selling games for Microsoft is more than just we have to have an exclusive on Xbox so we can sell Xbox hardware because hardware has famously just not not been a big uh, area for profit right. for any company. So if you can sell the games, though, and not have to worry about the overhead cost of hardware, yep. yeah, you're going to be in a good place. 
Yeah, and, and honestly, ever since, uh, oh man, what's his name? What's the current Xbox? Phil Spencer. Phil Spencer. Ever since Phil Spencer took over, I've been a big fan of all the decisions they've made. I don't know if it's just because of him, but uh, yeah, they've made so many gamer, consumer-friendly decisions that I've never seen any other gaming company make. Can I uh, <clears throat> just take a moment to complain, though, about yeah. <laughs> the, the moniker that they've slapped on oh, this yeah. uh, smart delivery? <laughs> this isn't... <laughs> So this seems to be like, and they even mentioned this in the, um, the Eurogamer article, but smart delivery, the name suggests that it's a uh, successor to the intelligent delivery. Is that what they yeah. called it before? I think so. Yeah. Um, where it would, it was the system that would let you, it, it would deliver the bits that you needed to launch a title first when you would download it right so that if you had you know if your game was 80 gigs to download but it only needed the first mm, 15 to actually run and then the rest would be you know maybe high res assets that kind of stuff that was optional um the intelligent delivery system would give you the first 15 gigs that was required to run the app and as soon as it was done you could launch the game and start playing right and the rest would download in the background so smart delivery sounds like it's in the same vein as that. However, it does something <laughs> completely different. Totally different. Yeah. Well, no. So so let me add one thing that intelligent delivery did that I think is the reason why they're using as a successor. Intelligent delivery was also the name of the system that if you had an original Xbox that could only push so so much resolution, it wouldn't send you the high res packs that was that was the other part of it so if you're playing the game on a console that can't support better sound or better graphics it's not going to send those files to you and just sit on your drive unused exactly so i yeah. think the reason they're using it is because it makes it's a little gonna, more sense right it's going to apply to all consoles so if you're playing you know cyberpunk 2077 on an original xbox you're going to get completely different textures and all that stuff than if you play it on an xbox series x i still think they should have just gone with the name of like play on xbox <laughs> right, right. <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah I, I get what you're saying and that, that's a good bit of info there's definitely still time to change that if marketing decides that uh <laughs> this is the same group that came up with xbox series x right, as a was, name that's exactly what i was about to say you want them to come up with good monikers they can't even come up with good <laughs> monikers for their consoles <laughs> I actually thought that's what you were going to say before you <laughs> brought yeah. up the smart delivery thing. No. It's like the Xbox Series X is such a terrible name. <laughs> no, we complained about that before. I figured I'd stop mm -hmm. trying to beat that dead horse. Yeah, um, yeah. Some of the some of the information that they posted in the the Xbox uh, news slash blog post uh, was, you know, they went through some of the technical things and SSD storage. Um, yeah. Like. You know, we knew that was going to be the case. Um, there's the quick resume feature, which yes. now applies to more than one title. So currently, when you, if you play a game, if you're, play, if you're playing Apex Legends, and then you want to switch over to Destiny and play with some friends, um, 
the next time that you, you know, then you're done playing for the night, you shut down, turn it back on. The quick resume is only going to work for destiny. If you try to launch apex, it's going to from scratch relaunch the game, which takes much longer for a game like apex. That's not so bad, but for a game like destiny, there's a ludicrous yeah. launch period. I, I will add that with games being always online, more and more games being always online, that's a feature that I don't think is properly... It, it's not as forward-thinking as uh, as it seems because whenever I turn my Xbox on and I played Apex the night before, I have to hit... I get the, oh, you've been disconnected because you mm-hmm. weren't... Yeah. You know, and you, and you had to go through that whole thing. Same with uh, with Destiny as well. It's not like you just spawn back into the tower. Or even you, in orbit. Or even in orbit, right? So Yeah, so maybe those games are actually a bad example because you're absolutely <laughs> right. You know, if I'm playing Jedi Fallen Order and then I switch there over to... There you go. Uh, I don't know. Some other... Witcher it 3. Would, Witcher 3. Yeah, it, it would yeah. take some pretty incredible uh, efforts on the developer side of things for always online games to really make use of that. Yeah. No, but I, I am excited about it for the single player games because mm-hmm. uh, games like destiny and apex, I'm usually taking a break from a single player game when I'm playing those. So the fact that I don't have to wait for the game to reload just so I can get to the point where I can again, load my save. Like it's just going to be like, Oh, here you are exactly where you left off. You don't even have to load your save. You're just back where you are. Cause that's mm-hmm. how quick resume works in single player offline games, which is awesome. Yeah. I'm, I'm pretty excited about that. And then the cool part about that is they even mentioned that if you get an update in the middle of you playing a game and, and you want to update right then when it finishes updating, it's still going to be there. So that that's resume crazy. is going to survive the reboot. Which I, that doesn't even exist on PC. You can't. There's no way for that to happen on PC. So that's that sounds pretty like cool. Some some dark voodoo, yeah, magic. <laughs> uh, one of the other things they had in here was dynamic latency input, and I thought that was kind of curious that they decided to call this out. I, I will say, latency, especially on the Xbox controller has never really bothered me. I've always thought that it was a very responsive input device, and that's why I really like the Xbox controllers, uh, wired or wireless. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm curious what problems they're solving here. Um, Well, I I think they mentioned, correct me if I'm wrong, that it was to help work with your like advanced TVs, because a lot of these LEDs and OLEDs are a little bit slower than like the older HD TVs that used uh, like plasma and stuff like that. And so I think what they're saying is that it's going to work with those to make sure that your TV gets the signal as fast as possible as well. But I could be mixing that up with something else they were talking about. So, that, yeah, they do have HDMI 2.1 uh, innovation yeah, stuff, of. which I think works together with dynamic latency to just provide a more latency free uh, gaming experience. <clears throat> My guess is that what people hear a lot when you talk about console gaming to like PC gaming is that, Oh, it's so slow. And the lag is like 
ridiculous because it's not mouse and keyboard. And I think this is just one of those things that they can improve a little bit and yeah. say we've made it better. Well, and I, I think actually, if I'm remembering right, they barely even mentioned that in the in the uh, Digital Foundry article because it's. Mm. I think it's mostly like you're talking about. It, it's mostly marketing to be like, hey. We improved it, and I'm sure they did. But you know, if you didn't have a problem with it now, it's not like it's going to make any difference to you, right? the The other thing that I could see this uh, working towards in the future, uh, this being technology that's used on something like, um, uh, not Game Pass, uh, X Cloud. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, experimenting with how do you get, you know this better latency um because i think that's one of the things we talked about either in episode zero or 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 two weeks ago was that you know one of the big bummers we had while playing was that we we didn't have any rumble and that makes sense when you think of latency and if it's not timed right but if you can avoid that if you can fix that problem then all of a sudden you can add rumble back into that kind of a gameplay yeah, like the the big problem with all these X these are not all X Cloud, all these streaming services is the biggest latency is gonna be over the connection, which they have no control over or very right. little control over. Right. But if they can fix the latency outside of that connection as much as possible, then it's gonna make the overall experience better. So yeah, I could totally see that. One of the other advancements they list here uh, is the direct X ray tracing, which I think that's a new announcement, am I correct? Uh, it's not new, uh, but it's it's a little bit updated. They did say it's going to have hardware ray tracing before, um, which the only people that had it was uh, DirectX. Like, you had to have DirectX for it to work. So everybody kind of assumed that. But mm. this is basically confirmation of, like, yeah, it's going to use the same technology that PC is using, which is good news because it means all the development that's already been done there is going to move forward to Xbox Series X. So This means that your RTX 2080 card that has ray tracing is using the same uh, the same tech? The same, that's also DirectX? Right, right. Okay. That means that a lot of work that's already done will be able to be carried forward. I'm curious what your take is on, on the ray tracing because you've played, um, what's the name of the? game control control it's it's amazing it's actually i i don't think i've talked about it in here but it's the first new technology in graphics in like a decade that i looked at it and went wow that that's completely like takes it to another level and i think i even showed uh some screenshots to to you guys and mm-hmm. some videos yeah. of it it's the the lighting is just crazy like windows actually look like windows and from the right angles, just like in real life, you can't even see the windows. Like there were uh-huh. actual times where I couldn't tell if there was glass between me and an enemy until I like shifted my perspective a little bit. <laughs> until I threw a brick at it. <laughs> or, yeah. or shot it. Yeah, there were times when I literally shot a guy that was behind glass. And I'm like, oh, there was glass there. And then there's other times where you you can't see like in real life because the reflection on the window is completely blocking out what's on the other side so just all this and and it's all doing it live it's not pre-rendered it's 
live tracing the light from the source to the window reflecting it back to the character which is why it's so cool and honestly i think once a lot of people get to play with it they're not even going to realize that that it's specifically that that makes it feel like that but it's going to like up the immersion level on a lot of games um that they've just never seen before so one aspect of ray tracing in uh computer graphics rendering is that if you don't do if you don't have enough rays being traced <laughs> this sounds like right. penny, Ar- penny arcade comic um if you're not if you don't have enough rays being traced then the image tends to have a grainy look and right. so you have to bump up the number of rays to a certain point where you stop seeing the grainy effect. Do you get any of that when you're playing the game or are there like, is there enough going on that, uh, that, that doesn't seem to be a problem. You you definitely will. So, so I have two monitors that I use on with my PC. One is a, a 4k, like 30 frame per second mon- or 60 frame per second monitor. And the other one's like a uh, 1440p, 120 hertz monitor and i couldn't play it on the 4k one because it would look grainy even with my crazy powerful card so i had to play it at f- i think i actually ended up even dropping it down to 1080p upscaled to 1440p to make it look as good as it could um yeah it's it's really really intensive to make it look perfect um and and i mean that's the when they first announced it that was the thing i was immediately worried about is I don't I don't know how well it's going to handle it. I'm willing to give them the de- benefit of the doubt because I'm sure they're working with developers to get what they can, but I wouldn't be surprised if we see a lot of 1080p games that support ray tracing and not a lot of 4K games that support ray tracing at least at the at the beginning of the generation. Yeah, and they probably have all sorts of games they can play with uh, you know, doing some of this rendering at 1080p or lower resolution than sort of generally upscaling it and maybe putting that on top of or you know keeping the geometry rendered at higher resolution so you still get nice clean sharp edges but for sure um, yeah you know some of the lighting effects are less accurate it, i have a hard time though believing that we're going to get anything close to a rtx 2080 horsepower no i don't think in, we will in the series x gpu so the question is how much underpowered will it be well not underpowered but yeah but but i also don't think like control is a game that was like almost made for for ray tracing like they took it further than any other developers taken it um so there there's windows everywhere in the game there's puddles everywhere basically everywhere you look there's some reflective surfaces for you like even polished wood stuff like that most games you're not going to encounter a lot of that stuff you know most games that we're playing happen in a little bit more um natural environments or the buildings are made out of concrete where there's not going to be reflection i th- the control was so intensive because literally every surface in most rooms you went in had some ray tracing working off of them that was actually intensive i think when we start seeing games like halo and you know destiny oh. that support ray tracing they're going to look really good where the ray tracing supply, but I don't think they're just going to throw in a bunch of glass and a bunch of polished wood and a bunch, you know, a yeah. bunch of reflective surfaces just to put the ray tracing in um, unless it makes sense. 
So I, I think I think we'll see a lot of impressive games. It's just control kind of takes took a lot of people's breath away because it was such such an environment focused around that reflection. I can't wait for ray tracing while walking through the swamps of old Chicago in three. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. I mean, yeah, Bungie's art department has already done amazing things with uh like the HDR tech, so I can only imagine where it's gonna go. Yeah, if they uh, if they even do it. <laughs> right. See, yeah. see, see what happens with I'm Death sure it requires massive um engine rewrites and or uh yeah, engine support really you had mentioned cyberpunk 2077 uh yeah it, if i recall that's going to be a retraced title is that correct yes yes but they haven't they haven't really said to what degree um i and i think i i honestly think that was more nvidia because nvidia is the one that's really pushing it hard so they basically anytime a game has ray tracing they're, they use it as an example of look at this game that also does ray tracing. You should totally get an RTX card. Um, so I think basically CD Projekt Red's barely talked about ray tracing in it. So I wouldn't be surprised if it's a pretty subdued ray tracing. And if you read some Digital Foundry articles about ray tracing in games, you know there's whole, whole different levels. I mean, even in Control, if you go and look in the preferences for ray tracing there's 10 different settings that you can set and they all take different amounts of, of GPU power to accomplish. So I, th- I think we're going to see a lot of games, especially at the beginning of this genera- this next generation that are more uh, modest. Sort of re- rendered with um, classical techniques, classic techniques yeah, with some ray tracing kind of layered on top. Exactly. In the frame. Yeah. And I, I, the only thing, I, other thing I want to talk about, I mentioned it a little bit, but the back compatibility I'm really excited about because I'm, we kind of talked about it for all the new games that are coming out, but I'm excited to see what a lot of the Xbox One games that I'm playing right now on an Xbox One X are going to look like on the Xbox Series X. Because according yeah. to them, I'll be able to play all of them. And if they follow the same suit that they did for xbox one when they come over to the xbox series they're going to get a graphical jump just by having more graphical power and i think microsoft even does like a quick pass on most of them to make sure they look good so i'm excited to see just what they can do with it just with adding graphical power yeah i think of i think of games like uh ori and the will of the wisps which is coming out this week or next week what that's going to be like you know if if you know on the on the series x i'm almost 100 percent sure it'll have it'll hit that 60 fps easy i'm curious if they'll have a like a 120 fps version um because that's something else that they you know say they support is up you know higher frame rate and if if uh you know that will how that will affect play on you know, games like that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I'm the same way. I like, I, I doubt it's going to affect games like apex and destiny immediately. Yeah, we're not, we're not, we're not seeing 120 frames per second anytime soon. <laughs> right. Well, and I, I don't think it's going to, without some help from Bungie, I don't think it's going to push sure, destiny sure. up to 60 frames per second, but 
it has the power. So we'll see. Brett, can you tell us uh, about the PlayStation 5 specs? Yeah, man. Uh, so like a year ago, they said some things and then they've said nothing since. <laughs> and there's been a bunch of leaks and nobody oh, yeah. knows if they're true. And they were that's looking, pretty much it. Were they saying like 10.5 teraflops? No, I think Was they were the saying. Latest? I think they were saying like nine point seven or nine point three or something. Nine point two was the thing from December. Yeah. Oof. Oof. But everybody Look, kind of teraflops is, aren't everything. Well, and, and everybody was assuming that their 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 uh, plan is to make a system that's better priced than the Xbox Series X. Their goal is yeah. Their goal is to hit the market price, and whereas. I think Microsoft is going at this dual approach, which is we're going to provide the the beast and we'll also provide this, which they haven't really talked about uh, this, you know, maybe the streaming only or, or like a, a series S for lack of a better term at this point. Um, that's a little weaker, but more, more affordable. I honestly don't think we'll get one at the launch of the series X. I think it'll probably come out later like early 2021 or something like like yeah spring 2021 or something yeah the the playstation 5 thing's interesting just because like sony is beating xbox by sales and the main reason they are is because everywhere outside of the united states pretty much prefers sony over microsoft and has Mm -hmm. honestly all the way back to the ps2 and the original xbox so I mean, they, they don't even have to try to get the majority of the sales around the world. So I totally see why they're not going to play the game, the power game. It makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Sort of halfway between Nintendo and Microsoft. Yeah. Well, I would. Oh, no, no. If I'd say halfway. <laughs> uh, three, good point. three quarters of the way. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I love my Switch, but it's not powerful. <laughs> what Nintendo can pull off with uh, low horsepower is kind of amazing, though. Oh, yeah. I, I'll be very interested to see what's, what's next for the Switch I, I in, terms of, in, in terms of like a new model version or if they're, you know, because we, we got the Switch Lite this year or last year. It's already 2020, the, isn't it? What was oh. the switch? What was the switch light? I I was not cued into that. It does not have removable Joy Cons, mm. and it doesn't dock. Yeah, it doesn't. Ha- you can't dock it. You can't dock it. Oh. Not so it's possible it's to dock. Purely handheld. Which you know, not to toot my own horn, is exactly what I predicted in terms of like they're. I think they're trying to phase out 3ds platform. And so having a mobile version only of the Switch made a lot of sense. Is it also a smaller form factor? Yeah, not by a lot, but a Not by bit. a lot, but a little. Okay, all right. It's interesting because the Switch came out so recently. Three, it, It's only three years old. And I mean, how old is the Xbox? Like, is it seven years at this point? Seven. Xbox? I want to say it's, it's seven. And so I, I don't, I don't, they're obviously not playing the same in the same game and and they're in the same ballpark as the other two are. So 
I don't know if they're even going to come out with a new Switch. There's a ton of rumors that they're working on one, but every time they someone asks Nintendo, Nintendo says, no, we're not working on a new Switch. So they they may not. They might just they they might just keep their little market of people that want a portable console with Nintendo first party uh games. I'm telling you there's there's a partnership there. Uh op- there's a partnership opportunity there with uh Nintendo and Xbox that could just blow people's minds, but well I didn't they already announce uh, I know there were rumors, but I'm pretty sure they announced that XCloud was going to come out on Switch. Uh don't remember. Yeah, I, I so it's probably just a rumor, but uh, there's been a lot of, like the the Switch games that are on Xbox that are also on Switch can support achievements from Xbox. So there's already a relationship between the two. Some some back end stuff there. I think Game Pass was also maybe uh, rumored, yeah, rumored at one time, and I think people were like, "How is that going to work? The Switch doesn't have a big enough yeah storage." Uh, option to handle you know obviously it wouldn't be the full-sized games they'd be broken down but i think x cloud wix makes way more sense well and, and it, it would only be a positive for nintendo because the people that don't buy nintendo because they don't care about first party exclusives but they want something that's a little bit more comfortable to use than their phone it's it's a not a bad price point for what would basically be a portable xbox yeah on my uh on my other podcast uh well, the fanboy, uh, we did predictions for this year. And one of my predictions was that Nintendo would announce a, a switch with cellular capabilities. So I'm really leaning into that X cloud. Uh, <laughs> it'd be, that's it'd be a smart long shot. Them. I did no, no, it is a long shot. It but. would be smart of them though, especially since a lot of their market is in Asia and so much of Asia has, really really good cell service especially data service mm-hmm. it, it'd be a smart move being from the u.s i just can't contemplate that really good <laughs> data service <laughs> what wow, is that, that like? sounds amazing no well when you have a country that's i don't know a tenth i don't even know if a tenth is is right of the size that, that's the thing people don't don't mention about america it's like the reason our internet and our mobile service sucks so bad is because we're huge compared to the countries that have really good yeah. internet and mobile it's really expensive to expand those networks mm-hmm. yeah i mean are you, i assume you're talking about japan well with honestly the size japan, comparison. japan korea uh england like so many countries not even just asian countries but so many countries have way better average internet speeds or average data speeds for their mobile than we do but they also have a tiny tiny area compared to most of the united states and it's those rural areas that bring down the average speeds in america which is a the vast majority of the land in yeah. the u.s i say i grew i grew up in one of those areas i mean even now what what's available to us here in the largest city in the state of Kansas is pitiful compared to what either of you have. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, Google Fiber, it's hard to compete with that. You know, can you can you tell them to uh, like not give up on that? That'd be great. <laughs> Too late, I'm sorry. It's yeah. over. <laughs> <sighs> I can't say enough good things about 
my current ISP, yeah. which is just amazing after having dealt with the, the cable industry over the last you know 12 years. Oh, yeah. I, I, I have a couple complaints about Google Fiber, but they're so minor compared to having to deal with the major monopoly ISPs in the United States. So uh, that virus thing. <laughs> COVID-19. <laughs> Everybody's favorite topic. Uh yeah, it's uh it's it's not good. <laughs> nope. <laughs> it be coming. And uh just to point it just to point it at the beginning, we're gonna talk about the tech impact. That doesn't mean that we don't think it's terrible that people are dying. Um, yes, the human impact is absolutely uh the main story. That's the most important story. But it take is care a- of yourselves yes. and wash your hands. Don't touch your face. You can, you know, maybe if you just avoid large groups of people <laughs> for now. You mean like uh, PAX East? Oh, hey, you know. <laughs> or GDC. <laughs> oh, yeah. The impact in terms of, uh, like, conferences and stuff has been exponentially escalating. Um, PAX East wrapped up last week, and we had a number of companies um, – pull out of attending that uh sony uh is that square enix yeah square enix uh cd project red capcom PUBG, um either didn't go completely or had a much smaller um attendance at, at pax east and then we got the news this week that gdc is delayed <laughs> Well, and and not just that, but they it was basically uh, Unity, Sony, Oculus, and even Ko- the little Kojima company uh, that made Death Stranding pulled out, and then finally Microsoft pulled out was kind of the last one because they it's held the, out for a long time. The and straw that broke the exactly, back. and GDC after that was just like, yeah, we're just not going to do it. Although re- uh, GDC's rescheduling for the summer is that correct? Yeah. Curious if they if they if they hold that, yeah. Well, I mean, if they're if this follows the trend of a lot of these kind of viruses, the impact will lessen during the summer because of the heat, um, right? But and then come back in the fall, and then come back in the fall. So I wouldn't be surprised if we see a lot of this stuff that's in the summer or that was going to come out now get delayed to the summer and then happen in that window that they have. Yeah, and then I think the next the next one that was announced was they were doing the preparations for iPhone 12 manufacturing, and apparently they canceled all the trips for the Apple engineers to go out to the factories and make sure that the phones actually were being cr- manufactured correctly, so they could start the actual big manufacturing. So that got delayed, which means I would imagine it's not going to delay the iPhone 12 coming out but it's probably probably going to lessen the amount that's available at the launch of the iPhone 12. Yeah. They'll be a little bit behind on uh, initial units and over time that'll catch up. But And then uh, just today, I think, or maybe yesterday, uh, MGM announced that they're pushing Bond 25, No Time to Die, uh, back from an April 10th launch to November. Yep. That's a long push. It makes me sad. I mean, selfishly, it makes me sad that I don't get to see it 
when I was hoping to see it. Um, but from a business perspective, it, it makes a lot of sense. Um, they're still getting it out this year. November is a hot time for movies, um, kind of coming into the holiday season. Um, yeah, I mean, to be honest, when they initially announced that they were going to have this out in April, I thought that was a strange time for a Bond movie to ship. It's weird, man. There used to be like slow times for movies and now there's just not. So like any time you can get your movie out is a good time. <laughs> Remember when summer was like a bad time for movies? Like no critically yeah. acclaimed, acclaimed movies came out in the summer. It was all these like popcorn uh not like not going to make a ton of money and not going to be terribly well received, but they're going to make them enough money in the summer. That's used to be the plan for summer. And now, now you have Marvel usually releases one of their biggest movies and what, you know, you can argue whether or not they're good or not. Well, they're, they're kind of, they're kind of popcorn, you know? Right. Oh, for sure. But I, <laughs> what I'm saying is they, they are like the, one of the major cinematic events of the year. Whereas it used to be most of that stuff would happen in the fall. Like mm-hmm. like most stuff, it's the entire movie industry is so different. Yeah, it used to be like Memorial Day and then like the holidays. Yeah, M- Memorial Day was always a big one, and then you know Thanksgiving through December. Yeah, uh, was big. But heck, even this year we had uh, Bad Boys come out, and that thing has like hung on. Yeah. It's doing amazingly well, even what a month and a half out of release. It's still in the top five domestically. <laughs> well, and I think that's actually one of the things I'm interested about, though. So, Bad Boys isn't being affected by this because it came out a little bit before all this stuff. And then, mm-hmm. on top of that, I think most of the viewership for that's in the United States. Sure. Oh, where, yeah. Where the impact's pretty limited right now. Uh, but then you look at the comic book movie that came out uh birds of prey which i actually really enjoyed i thought it was really good and it was pretty well critically acclaimed it is really good <laughs> and it didn't do well at all and in when you go and look at the numbers it did okay in the united states but in the rest of the world like nobody saw it and it's because china which they were kind of relying on they nobody went and saw it and i think it was even before the theaters were closed so so yeah. it's basically people scared rightfully so to go and see this movie so yeah i'm i'm curious to see the impact it's going to have on the rest of the comic book movies that are coming out this year which I mean, I, and i think one of the the bigger ones that's we're talking about here in this month is mulan yeah um Obviously, that's a movie that's set in China um, with predominantly Chinese or at least um, Asian cast and crew. And that that's not even going to open there right now. Yeah. Um, I think it'll probably they'll probably have like a summer opening for it in China if they can. Um but are they going to market it again? That's the question. Yeah, it mar- marketing is costs so much money and, and is usually planned out quite a bit ahead of time. Yeah. And it w- and we'll see if it does end up releasing here on its release day, which I think is March 27. Um, you know, in three weeks are people going to be going to the theaters? 
yeah here the, in america the scare is kind of just starting it's just this last couple starting. weeks and I, I wanted to get your guys's opinion i don't know how often either of you <laughs> no i know uh michael doesn't go to the movies like at all ever um <laughs> Not on purpose. It's not because I don't like it. Uh, but Timothy, you specifically, Michael, you can answer the question as well. Like, what what is that point for you guys? Do you think where it'll be? Uh, no, I'm not going to go see a movie because of this virus. Well, like, so so I'm interested in case uh, because I go to the movies quite a bit, but I don't like going during crowds anyway. Mm-hmm. I don't like cheering in movies, no matter how excited I am about the movie. I don't like people talking. Uh, I don't like having to talk, sit next to people because there's always that chance they're going to be loud or whatever, if I can avoid it, obviously. Right. So you buy every seat in the house. <laughs> exactly. He just buys out the entire theater. No. Uh, so I usually go, I have weekdays off. So I go during the week, whereas most people go in during the weekends. So I think I probably still go. Um, on on like a Monday afternoon because nobody's mm-hmm. going to be there. It's not right. like so. It's it's really going to be how big this this. Uh, it's not a pandemic yet, but this this uh, infection is because obviously if it reaches pandemic levels, I still probably won't go because you never know how many people have been in that theater that did have it. I'm sitting in a seat that gets cleaned. What maybe. Once a year. Once a year. <laughs> but I'm oh, theaters are disgusting. But I'm not going to be worried about it because of the people around me because they're not going to be there. <laughs> right. Um, right. But yeah, I'm it's interesting. I I'm really curious how it's going to impact the average person. I, Cuz I think the the average person probably doesn't see that many movies a year. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I think even with these crazy blockbusters there's still the average person only sees two movies a year, I think is the last statistic I saw. So it's going to be interesting to see how much it actually impacts sales in the United States. Michael, you have a response? I don't want to answer the question because you snubbed me. <laughs> <laughs> My movie going philosophy is actually pretty similar to Timothy's in that I, when I go, it tends to be like early. Like I'll do a matinee showing on a weekday. Mm-hmm. For generally the same reasons, uh, fewer crowds, better seating, um, and so I, I might go. But you know, if it uh, if it gets bad enough, I'm I'm not going to. You know, I have, I have a little one at home, and yeah, I uh, don't want to have any unnecessary risks. And uh, y- usually, my movie going experience tends to be I wait until it comes out on Blu-ray, and then I can watch it at home. But uh, yeah, there are certain movies that I really do want to see in theaters and no time to die was one of them. I put it on my calendar and I was really looking forward to that before I had to leave for a work trip. So November, that's, uh, that's when that'll happen. <laughs> yeah. I'd say I probably average 12 movies a year. I know Brett probably averages double that. Yeah. I probably saw, th- I probably saw 30 in theaters last year. So about two and a half. Yeah. I saw I saw 53 in total, but a lot of those weren't in theater. A lot of those were. Well, and, you know, there's a bunch of. That's a very specific count. Do you keep track? I do keep track. Uh-huh. See, I have this other podcast called With well, a Fanboy. <laughs> Hashtag shameless plug. <laughs> <laughs> do, do 
Did you, did you just say shaveless plug? Shaveless. I, I have not shaved in a while. I need to, <laughs> need to get on that. Uh, but yes, so I have, uh, we do our, <laughs> we do our rankings. Uh, and so we, we, each of us have a spreadsheet of all the movies we saw. And my goal last year was 52 because there's 52 weeks in a year. And I saw 53. So nice. Wow. That's impressive. I, uh, I was going to ask if you use something like, um, letterbox D or I don't know if there are other services, websites. I have a letterbox account and I've reviewed like three movies on it. And for whatever reason, I haven't gone back and done more. I probably should, but we also have like a legitimate website where we can do like articles and stuff like that. So like, that's probably where I should be <laughs> posting reviews rather than letterbox. Your shaveless plug. I, I accidentally spit on my monitor. You You just ruined your very expensive monitor. I'm glad I didn't get the nano texture (laughs) that you have to rub with a specific cloth. Yeah. Other crazy Apple things. Uh, Apple won't let villains use iPhones. Apparently (laughs) in movies. Yeah. I was trying to think about this. uh, If I could remember a villain who did use an iPhone and nothing came to mind, but I didn't do any like, specific research about it so i didn't either but i i bet you there's one out there that uses an iphone that has the apple logo obscured or changed i bet Mm. i bet there's one out there but yeah they if it actually has an apple on it villains are not allowed to use it this is uh for those wondering this is according to ryan johnson who made knives out he said that they're not allowed to have a bad guy use an iphone and and people were actually criticizing it for valid reasons of that Knives Out is kind of a movie where you don't know who did something. <laughs> it's a murder mystery. <laughs> so you're giving you could potentially give away the plot of the movie if everybody but this one guy <laughs> had an iPhone. Obviously, I don't I don't think that happens in the movie. But I was gonna say I'm to not spoil the movie because it's fantastic and you should absolutely rent it and and watch it or or go buy it. I I'm. There's only a couple people in the movie who use phones in general. Yeah. So, like, they kind of got around it by just not having a lot of phone usage. Um, but, yeah, no, that's really interesting how tight Apple has its uh, grip on its brand. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. And just to talk about the video clip, too. Um, so, there was a Vanity Fair video clip where uh, ryan johnson breaks down one of the scenes from the movie and if you have seen the movie it's a really interesting watch i think there's people who don't understand how movies get made and then there's these kinds of videos and i'm like yeah it takes skill (laughs) it's not just a you sit the camera down in front of a person there's so many things to think about um, for even just a simple scene with that's in one room, you know, how everyone's staged, where their eye lines are, how are you lighting it? And he breaks down a lot of those things and it's, it's really cool. Yeah. I think a lot of people just think they put the actors in a room, maybe tell them where to be and then have them act. And I'm, there's plenty of scenes that do happen like that, but 
a lot of the best scenes in a lot of your favorite movies were probably down to every single eye movement was directed mm-hmm. that that happens in a lot of these famous scenes you also have a lot of the famous ones where it was completely improvised on the in yeah. the moment but i think you'd be surprised at the ones that are directed and the ones that are improvised you can't all you can't often tell which one was improvised and which one was planned and yep. uh this video they talk about both both of those things in the thing that sort of blew my mind the most was that they um they had to green screen the oil painting that was in the house that was in a whole yeah. bunch of shots <laughs> and finding out after the fact that somebody had to go put that in and post everywhere <laughs> was amazing yeah. yeah they the story there was that they hadn't finished this painting in time for the shoot or for whatever reason so yeah instead of putting something unfinished in they just threw a green screen up on it and and that's pretty common with things like computer screens or right you know your your phone screens they'll they'll just have that like a green screen and they'll have someone in post put something in so not terribly unusual but for a painting you don't think about that yeah the oil <laughs> it is unusual for a painting and and just to put my own plug in it's not necessarily a shaveless plug but <laughs> i mean i guess i do have a full beard so you could call it a shaveless p- plug um the channel Cinefix is one of my favorite YouTube channels, especially mm. if you're a movie fan, because yep. they do videos like this where they break down how a scene was uh, was put together. And they don't necessarily have the director there to do it, which is part of the reason why this video is so cool. But they have a lot of insight on why scenes are impactful, why certain scenes are so enjoyable or emotionally uh impactful and i i've i heartily recommend them if you haven't watched any of their stuff i haven't but uh you should yeah we'll we'll put a link in the notes well i think that wraps up our show for the week we are trying to make these a little bit shorter a little more digestible uh if you prefer the longer format uh, let us know uh if you like the shorter format or you say guys gotta get it down to like 20 minutes uh you can send us that info too, but feedback at iapodcast.net. We want to hear from you. And with that, we have a beautiful song. I don't know. I don't know if I can do it. <laughs> <laughs> now there's too much pressure. Everyone knows it's coming. Ah, I should have sung earlier. I haven't had enough whiskey. <laughs> uh, part of me wonders if he even had a song or if this was the plan from the beginning. <laughs> there's there's multiple songs uh i'll i'll take requests <laughs> maybe that'll feel more natural it can't be too famous you know we might get sued <laughs> copyright infringement what's a hot song right now uh, here i would i think they're asking the wrong group <laughs> <laughs> not me oh, no. uh, my favorite oh, my no. favorite band is the shins i don't think they've been relevant for about uh, ten years or more. So, did you write like a song with lyrics and stuff, Brett? No, 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 oh, no, no. Okay. No. I just <laughs> last last time during our recording, it it just kind of came up, right? Like I wasn't thinking about it, and I just kind of riffed on a line, and and I was hoping that would happen tonight, and oh, nothing has nothing has uh 
conceived itself in my mind. How did you like my terrible post-production on that? It, it, you know. (laughs) (laughs) It was terrible? Sufficiently terrible? It was it was sufficient. It was insufficiently advanced. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> awesome. It, it it fit the the show. I was going to say, if uh, if we get feedback that people want shorter episodes, we could always just break, like, we had two topics tonight. We could just break them, break it in half and have, you know. Like a Kit Kat? Well, yeah, exactly. Give me a break. <laughs> give me a break. Break me off a piece of that podcast bar. Yeah. <laughs> There we go. Is that an office reference? Did you just <laughs> reference the office? No. What? The yeah, I did. Uh, it's uh, yeah. Yeah. It's have you it's, watched the, all of the office? No. Okay. Oh, I missed the last yeah, season. There's a great. There's, there's a, a great thing with Andy Bernard, yeah. and he can't. He can't remember the end of that song. Break me off a piece of that. <sighs> and he goes through like. <laughs> Six things that are just completely well, wrong. And he's asking everybody, and Jim's like, yeah. Jim stops them from telling him because he's like, no, you've got it. <laughs> I don't oh, recall so that good. at all. It's been it's a so very good. long time since I was in the office. Break me off a piece of that football cream. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, honestly, the, the last like few seasons, the office are not that good. But they still have those moments that are just amazing. 